Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. music that was Lila he's one of our wonderful artists musicians in our ace folk life and ace metaphysical institute welcome aboard all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet this is tj marcy t radio and we are a part of american communications online in the united states of america but tonight we'll be helping ace metaphysical institute which is sponsored by aco association community and UFO Association Organization with UAP Associates. Now, tonight, we're very excited to introduce a friend of ours in social media. He's been a friend of mine several years uh, on LinkedIn and apparently Facebook. And he's been on a couple of shows with me on another uh, station. So we are deciding to give him a platform uh, starting on Saturday nights to help us group all of our groups because we have so many open source free social media in 2021 and he's willing to help us as a volunteer. He's helped many organizations in the past. He has a large resume. If you'd like to look at it on LinkedIn, his name is Dr. Richard T. Knight. He goes by RT Knight, Dr. Knight. He's a known psychic and also a metaphysician. He's also a theologian, and has at least as much experience as I do. So uh, without a long uh, resume, since you know you can find him on LinkedIn and Facebook, I'm going to ask him to come on board and introduce himself, and we will have a speaker at the last hour also to represent one of our organizations. Dr. R.T. Richard Knight. What do you want me to call you, Sir Knight? (laughs) Well, yeah, that would be fitting, but you can just call me Rick. Because you see, I'm a little old mead maker. Yes. I'm a little old mead maker and an economy-sized leprechaun. So, anyway, let's not not get off the track too well, but anyway. Tell people what you'd like them to know. So, first of all, uh, this will go on YouTube and, of course, iHeart, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, all those wonderful places that everybody listens to their own podcasts. So uh, keeping that in mind, there's no telling where you're going to wind up internationally. So speaking to the entire world, we're going to have you cast a large, wide net of topics out there and bring in a lot of our organizations and people that are known spirituality as a category are spiritual people. Uh, They don't like to say they're about politics or religion, but they 
like spirituality and metaphysics. And we're going to do spiritual science. And I know you know all about that. So that's why I'm very excited that you're going to be helping us with the ACE Metaphysical Institute. So where would you like to begin with your, you have a little rundown on your theosophy, your theologians or metaphysics or and then you can tell them about your sure, security in detail. About all that, basically, I'll give you a five-minute rundown. All right. First and foremost, you have to understand that I'm a being from a far, far away galaxy in a far, far away dimension, all right? And I am consciously aware of this simply because when I came into this earth as a born child, born with a veil, as the gypsies say, born with the third sight, okay, I was fully conscious of who I was and where I came from. This gave me a severe advantage because when the doctor slapped the ass, I grabbed his hand and told him, you do it again and I'll break it. Well, needless to say, infants don't usually speak, but this set the course in my life, basically. So anyway, I have doctorates in theology, religious science, divinity, and metaphysics. My doctorate in theology is represented through the University of Cairo, Coptic Seminarial Studies, created by Anuba Shenouda. Uh, may he rest in peace as he's now passed over to the other side, uh, who also ordained me into the Eastern Coptic Orthodox Church, the Holy See of the United States, as a bishop while he was under house arrest in Egypt. Okay, and that was around 84. Anyway, I have been an ordained minister with Universal Life Church since the age of 18. I received my first doctorate in divinity at the age of 20, my second doctorate, which was the one in theology, which was approximately age 32. And then in turn, I decided that I would create credentials to go along with my profession, since I have been a civil criminal investigator for over 45 years. I've also been a freelance consultant to the federal government. I have also worked both federal and state law enforcement for over 10 years. And I have been a freelance investigator practicing licensee in 26 states. I have also been a bounty hunter. Uh, I've also been done personal protection as a bodyguard uh, to judges and other superior people, or so they thought they were anyway, and all of this kind of thing, spiritually aware of who I was and where I was coming from. So that meant that I was born with 14 gifts, all right, or 14 senses, as they're called. You have five equivalents to your five natural gifts, which are sound, taste, sight, hearing, and all that good stuff, and touch. Of course, touch is very important. So anyway, you could classify me as being uh, clairsentient. In other words, I am very aware of the presence of the, the spirits that are around me in the room, and I've been speaking and seeing them and beholding them emotionally and mentally and spiritually all of my life, which, basically speaking, you could say has been well over 60 years. All right? So anyway, because of that process, I've been enamored with the occult and spirituality and metaphysics and all things that are spiritual in their development of the self and in the development of the psyche and in the development of the spirituality of one's awareness. So I have been on the ascension path for thousands of years, okay? I'm a very old soul, and I actually belong to a race called the Ancient Ones, all right? They're very, very tall beings that are gold and shimmering light, and we do not take physical form normally because we're guardians of many, many races throughout creation. But anyway... Getting down to it, this has also allowed me to watch metaphysics as a science and religion as a science 
transfer, transpose, and change languages at least three to four times during my lifetime. So in other words, we're all talking about the same stuff, only the languages and the names have been changed, basically to hide the not-so-innocent and actually produce, more likely in our consciousness, those who are innocent and those who are of a helping nature, who have big hearts and the basic interest of mankind within their heart and sovereignty. And so this is the space that I'm coming from. So understand that I have a universal awareness and consciousness, and therefore I am not limited strictly to the timeline of man. I am most proudly representing mankind in my human form and divine consciousness in my awareness. So that's basically me. So where shall we start, TJ? Where the devil shall we start? Shall we just throw a coin into our mixing bowl and say, okay, here's where we start? <laughs> TJ, you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. Okay. Uh, regarding ACE Metaphysical Institute, uh, I didn't, I had a chance earlier to pull that up from 2016, but basically it was on before its news, and we had a bunch of members. And a lot of them had to do with pyramidology because we were coming out then with the pyramid spiritual groups. And uh, Marta Thomas, which I talked to recently, and she's going to send us some people for tonight's uh, weekly shows about pyramidology. But uh, can you tell me if you know anything about uh, pyramidology or pyramids so we can get that off the table as one of our many topics? Folks, we're casting a wide net to help everybody come out because so many of our friends and events, the ACO event managers were that we market and promote events. Uh, this radio show was established with that in 2012, but uh, in 2016, we came out with uh, ufology and ACE Metaphysical Institute we came out helping Marta Thomas and the Global Pyramid Conference in Chicago in 2016. So I've talked to her and told her we would mention that. And uh, we'll talk about Pyramid Spiritual Society of India, uh, which she is very much involved with. In so some of her, their group speakers will come on. But tonight the platform is to build ACE Metaphysical Institute, ACO Association, UFO Association and Dr. R.T. Knight with our international groups to help us uh, share this wide topics. And uh, I guess, yeah, Dr. Knight, if you can just anything you know about pyramids and, uh, All right. and just anything from there metaphysically, and I will mute. Okay. Basically, pyramidology comes and stems from a society that is very ancient in the universe and they have pyramids upon Pleiades, or the Pleiades sisters, which are two planets, one that is purely intellectual, and the other one is purely water-based or emotional. Um, I happen to be great friends with both of those societies or both of those civilizations. Anyway, um, so pyramids were kind of borrowed from them in a manner of speaking, okay? So if you go back, timeline-wise, about 7,000 years, you're talking roughly of the society or civilization of Atlantis, okay? And Atlantis utilized pyramidology in regards to what you would call healing chambers, okay? And these were chambers that a person would go into that were basically kind of etheric 
energetic and very transparent as far as their actual size, dimension, and actually appearance. In other words, it was like a pyramid that was solidly there, but only etherically would you see it as far as actually a gold outline of the pyramid itself. So these chambers, basically, a person would go into the chamber and they would sit down in the middle of the chamber, preferably, and basically they would focus upon anything that they needed to focus upon, whether it was a mental illness, illness or a physical illness or an imbalance in their chakra system or an imbalance in their spirit in some way. And of course, the energy of the pyramid would basically sanctify their presence. And in turn, a direct beam of gold light would come down through the apex of the pyramid and basically heal them in all ways necessary. And these chambers were very effective and the healing could take place in anywhere from on our, on our time dimension, anywhere from three minutes to half an hour most. Okay, and then the person would emerge. And of course, since they were uh, interacting basically as a person within the civilization of Atlantis, all right, uh, Atlantis, Atlanteans basically possessed 32 gifts, or in other words, 32 senses. So needless to say, they didn't have to eat, they didn't need to sleep, they didn't have to hear anything specifically because they were aware to the extent that their awareness brought to them all the kinds of information that we would normally dispose upon ourselves through other outside sources. This was all internalized, okay, because they were directly in the flow of God, you could say. So anyway, they, they were telepaths, and they spoke to each other intuitively, and basically their society was focused on the well-being of their society, and yet on the technological side, in a, in a device that was basically a very large diamond-shaped creation that was housed within a, within a kind of an apex device that was, in other words, a holding joint at the very apex of the diamond and another holding joint at the very base of the diamond. And basically the diamond itself would rotate. And as it rotated in this device, it created a whirl or maelstrom of energy. And then in turn, the person that was operating the device could basically mentally focus and the device would instantaneously create anything physically that they so desired to have. Now, remember, they don't have to eat, they don't have to sleep, okay? So that lets out a lot of things that we as humans, of course, experience. So anyway, it was very uh, celestial in design. It was very um, creative in all kinds of different aspects. So in other words, if you wanted a tool to use, for example, whatever your arts or crafts may be, then of course it would create a tool for you. If you wanted... If you were a mentalist, which basically would help people get over their issues mentally or spiritually to some degree, then in turn you would create a harmonic device that would hit specific tunes or specific tones that in turn would help them resonate properly in the way that they were meant to be. Now, of course, as, as many are well aware, the war between the civilization of Lemuria or Mu and that of Atlantis, and the war was basically focused on regaining or taking control of this device of which I just described to you, all right? So anyway, uh, the battle went on for quite some time because it was rather unusual simply because both of these races were peaceful people, okay? They, they had their own institutions, they had their own creativity, and they were basically close to being on the very same spiritual level as each other. So for them to suddenly get a, become a, or undertake a war that was based on greed was very kind of out of character of the two of them. But anyway, unfortunately, what happened was 
when they were struggling to obtain the possession of this device, the device was put on or turned on, and basically it immediately intercepted the aggression and the greed that was being vilified by the controllers over these two races or civilizations. And as it did so, it expanded out and actually imploded. And when it imploded, it killed an awful lot of people, and it basically made a whore directly in the center of the island of Atlantis. And this whore basically allowed the island to sink. As a result of that, when, when Atlantis itself sank, it created a humongous tidal wave that basically washed over the entirety of Lemuria, and therefore Lemuria toppled sideways and also went underwater. Now, you're talking anywhere from seven to as, to as far back as 10,000 years ago. But there were a great many healing chambers as far as the pyramids were concerned. So if you flip forward about three to 4,000 years or more, all of a sudden you come up with the Egyptian, okay? Now, you have to understand that the Egyptian race were very closely related in some aspects to the Atlanteans, okay? There was a great deal of hidden technology and a great deal of hidden mysteries that were never outwardly shared with the public. And, of course, uh, all of their god pantheons basically were actually, in actuality, extraterrestrials who were coming down in spaceships or craft, as they were referred to back then. Um, and basically, they would, in, they would not interfere. Rather, they would, of all of those historians who are setting about saying that there were hundreds of Egyptians pulling on cords to assemble the pyramids, sorry, that never happened. Okay? Why? because you had extraterrestrials who were standing in their presence who had the power of levitation. So this power of levitation actually moved these great mammoth stones and compiled them one on top of another, in turn creating each pyramid in turn. And of course, there were hidden chambers within the pyramids. Some call it the God Chamber, some call it the King's Chamber, etc., etc. And once you went into this King's Chamber, you were actually in total alignment with the, the extraterrestrials who were aiding the civilization. So naturally, this chamber was hidden very very intuitively and hidden very darkly within the pinnacle peak of these pyramids. Okay, And then, of course, besides the king's chamber, you had a, a, a number of other chambers that were used by high priests and priestesses that were also indoctrinated into hidden truths and so on and so forth. So that was the mainstay of the pyramid as far as its outward form is concerned. Now, of course, underneath it, there were a large category of vaults and a large category of uh, all kinds of hidden libraries and such chambers uh, that this to, to this day basically have remained hidden and undiscovered other than those that have been go down about 40 feet to 80 feet under the Sphinx and you go through all kinds of hallways and chambers and that's where you find all these hidden vaults of different libraries and so forth, which include the entire history of the earth, etc. So anyway, that's how the pyramids actually came about. Now, the pyramidal symbol itself, of course, is a three-sided dimension. And, of course, the apex is always turned upright, which means that it's basically, hello, utilized for creative arts or creative symphonies or the healing arts and the creative syndromes that mankind has at the base of their hearts. Okay? Now, of course, we as a generation uh, represent all kinds of the elements, and the elements, if you notice, are also either upright or turned down in regards to the different elements that you're referring to, and there is always a pyramid involved. So, there is an extensive history 
of man's use of pyramidology. I would say, roughly speaking, about the 20,000-year lineage of the various pyramids and all their designs. Now, of course, there were also pyramids that could readily be converted into spaceships, and the entire pyramid would convert by going up into the atmosphere and then in turn turning into a vessel that was basically a double pyramid joined together in the center, or what you would call a diamond-shaped vessel, all right? And these were used by various races that would come to Earth and visit and basically steer their children, more or less, because the Earth was started long ago by colonies of various planetoids and so forth. But we won't get into that. Rather, we're focusing on pyramids, okay? So the pyramid in its design is equilateral. Now, the interesting thing, as far as Jewish history is concerned, the Star of David is two interlaced pyramids, one upright and one downward, that have been equilaterally crossed upon each other to create a six-pointed star. So, yes, pyramids have been throughout our history and used both occult-wise, magically, and otherwise, esoterically, in all kinds of forms. So that's the lowdown pretty much on pyramids. And, of course, I welcome any opinions and any further information that any of our outward guests would like to perceive or like to share with us at some future point in time, you are most welcome. And as a general introduction, I would say that we welcome, of course, all of the pantheons that ever mankind has experienced. We also all always welcome most sincerely all of our galactic friends and brothers and sisters, uh, many of which are currently surrounding the planet in motherships as a very, very vast array of all kinds of vessels from many different planets. And this is something, again, people should be aware of. Um, I personally have had several encounters when I was age five, and I was led to believe that it was the Arcturians that did this. And I think there's a difference in races. We're talking two races, A-R-C-T-U-R-I-A-N-S, and basically Arcturians, A-R-T-U-R-I-A-N-S. And I believe it was the Arturians who actually abducted me. And at the age of five, I was pulled off a swing in the, in the late or start dawn, dawn hours of the evening, okay? And I was pulled upon this vessel straight up by a beam of white light. And once I arrived, I saw beings that were gray. I saw beings that were blue in hue. And I saw purple ones, all right? Now, of the three, it was the grays that were actually coming towards me and had me laid out on a steel or, or at least some kind of metallic bed or what have you. And I wasn't alone. There was probably at least 30 other children around the same age as myself. Gray beings decided to put a tracking device in my nose. And as they did so, they were getting to me to agree with basically what you would call a program or a study. Okay? And the whole purpose of the tracking device was so that they could monitor me while I was here on the earth and study how, how other human beings reacted to me and rejected me for my abilities or my senses and so on and so forth. And so I don't know if it was a blessed gift or it was something that they brought out to me, but at the age of five, when I was returned to the earth several hours later, even though it seemed like only several minutes, all right, uh, I became a savant of languages. So I could speak 14 languages, fluently read, write, and speak them at the age of five. Now, you have to understand that at this wee age, I was in a Catholic boarding school. And so, of course, uh, being able to speak all these languages and to read minds and to do telepathy 
and to do telekinesis and all of these different gifts that came unto me because naturally I was the spirit that I was as I was born without any separation from Godhead or whatever that most humans go through the erasure of memory. But anyway, uh, as a result of this, you know, uh, they schooled me basically by doing me a grand favor, and that was to put me upstairs in a library with 10,000 books written in five or six different languages, and some of them were history, some of them were grand stories of adventure, and so on and so forth. So anyway, uh, they, like I said, the Arturians had made this contract with me, and the device was supposed to be taken from my nasal passages at the age of 17. Unfortunately, I had gone to a party with friends, and one of these other individuals who I really didn't know, he and I fell upon terse words, and I made the stupid mistake of following him outside. Well, anyone who has any conceivable knowledge, the last thing you ever want to do is allow your opponent the advantage of going outside of the room that you're in and closing a door, because needless to say, as soon as you open the door, they have the drop on you. So he sucker punched me, resulting in a broken nose, okay? The nose was never healed until I became the age of 35, and I had to pay for the surgery myself. So therefore, they took out, the doctor went in and he found deep embedded in my nasal passage, almost all the way to the brain, a very small disc that had uh, a round ring around it. And of course, he extracted it. And, uh, you know, then in turn, it was sent off to a lab and it was studied and it was verified that it was of a metal not of the earth, or at least not known upon the earth. And then in turn, uh, you know, he brought it back to the lab or brought it back to his office and so forth. And I was conversing with him and I was asking what the results were. And that was the results I just shared with you. And then all of a sudden, the men in black appeared and the men in black appeared, took this metal sample and disappeared with it. And the doctor was never contacted further as to where it went. As rather fact, he was told that he would forget all that he knew in regards to having me as a patient and in regards to extracting this object. So, conclusion of my abduction at the age of five. Now, after that, at, at the age of 17, I was in the Santa Cruz Mountains because I am a native from California. Okay, And in the Santa Cruz Mountains, I ran across a group that was basically had set up a stronghold or what you would call a compound deep within the forest, all right? And they had done so by clearing a large spread of trees and the trees were basically more or less stacked up in a, in a sense, one upon each other or interlaced with each other to create a boundary around this compound, which was basically grass more or less. And I met two beings and I don't remember now if they were Pleiadian or exactly what race they were of, but they did impress upon me that they were extraterrestrials by all means. Fortunately for me, the three of us, them those being two, and of course myself, uh, we had a very strong uh, connection intellectually and also intuitively. So they themselves uh, left me in charge of the compound, believing that I could be what you would call a master teacher to all the followers that would in turn gather uh, upon their predisposition because, in fact, the ship went and, and covered over New York and the two beings beamed themselves down to a conference center and they held an open conference with about, or I don't know, 40 journalists in the room and probably some other amazed individuals that had come to find out that that's where they were going to be at the time they were going to be there. 
And so anyway, they, they approached everybody and they were very calm and they were very intellectual and they were very peaceful. And they announced themselves as being from wherever it had been that they'd come from. Because I wasn't present at the time. I was only seeing this by um, what is called remote viewing at the time. Okay. So anyway, they were presenting themselves to the room and they were well, they were very widely received and welcomed and so on and so forth. And of course, the inevitable challenge came up or proved to us that in fact, you're from somewhere else. Do something that will prove to us that you're not human. On this invite, basically, these two beings walked straight through a three-foot-thick cement wall, okay, into a room on the other side where there were a few other people gathering, having drinks and so forth at a bar there. And, of course, they presented themselves, and they turned immediately around and walked right back through the wall. And, of course, when they returned to the journalists, they were not harmed in any way, shape, or form. And, of course, this was much to their amazement. And they basically said, well, we have presented and we have demonstrated that we are not of this earth. And because of that, we shall return to give you more knowledge from our plane of existence when we so choose. And as soon as they said to so choose, they immediately disappeared because, of course, they were retracted up to their ship. And the ship, in turn, came back onto the Santa Cruz Mountains. And by this time, I had listened to all kinds of tapes because naturally back in this day, this was probably around, let's see, I was roughly 17 at the time. So that would have been, let's see, 55, 65, 72. So around the early 70s, all right? Back then, of course, things were a whole lot different than they are now. Uh, people were very different and things were more readily accepted because you had the hippie movement, you had metaphysics, you had the spiritual movement. You had uh, all kinds of different things going on that were designed to improve and increase people's awareness. So anyways, they went on and they said, well, you know, we would really, really love for you to be a teacher. And I said, well, what is, what is the ultimate motive? What is, what is it that you're attempting to accomplish? And they said, well, we would like to set up a colony here on Earth. And I said, well, I don't know that I should be involved in the likes of sorts. And they said, well, you know, we would really appreciate it if you would. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to have to go off and run my own life, and basically I'll get back to you, or you can visit me at some future point, and we'll discuss what needs to be going from there forth. And so anyway, they took off in their ship, and I was left at the campground, and I basically reins of the situation over to a couple of other individuals who I thought were upstanding. Well, in my absence of a few months, I learned that these given individuals had basically hypnotized uh, in some manner, way, shape, or form all of those who were the devoutees or devout followers of the ETs that had been there originally. And they basically proceeded to tell these individuals that basically the starship was going to come back. And when it came back, they were going to be given a ride to whatever dimension they wished to be deposited in. And of course, this was completely false. But I, like I said, it was going on behind my back, and I'm sure the ETs had no knowledge of it either. So as a result, these kind of uh, very base human beings were fleecing these people for everything they could get out of them and growing rich in their bank account. Well, of course, the word spread, and it didn't take long, and it got to the ears of the FBI, and the FBI raided the com compound and arrested the individuals that were involved and they were immediately jailed and then in turn sentenced to prison. So then 
from there, I went on down in further into the Santa Cruz Mountains, and I uh, happened to see a flyer that was stapled to a telephone pole, and it was telling about an exhibition that was going on at an old theater, and it was happening a couple of weekends away. So I took the flyer, and I deposited it in the car, and I went back, and of course, I came back a couple of weeks later, and then in turn, I went to this presentation. Now, the odd thing was, and I say it was very odd, okay, this, this individual was very, very intellectually inclined, and he was very smart, and he was very intuitive, as he was himself, okay? The very odd thing was that finally when the presentation gets around to being presented, he come to the stage inside the theater that held maybe a thousand people at best, you know, with seats and a balcony and all that kind of good stuff, one of these old-timey theater type things. And basically, he stood there in front of us on the stage, and all of a sudden, it was like his whole character changed. And it seemed to me that he was basically being mentally manipulated and utilized as a voice as a voice box for a third party who wasn't present in the room. And he went on and on and on and described all kinds of different metaphysical aspects and all kinds of metaphysical truths and all this kind of stuff. And basically, he, he had won over the entire thousand people with very little effort whatsoever. But the odd thing was, you couldn't approach him. In other words, it was almost like he had a force field around him when he got off the stage, because the presentation had gone on for maybe a couple of hours. And he got off the stage, and as he was coming forward amongst the people, they could not physically get real close to him. And so finally, he got to me, where I was sitting kind of, oh, I don't know, I'd say about halfway back from the stage, and I had a good view and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, as I approached, it was like all of a sudden his awareness picked up that I was standing there. And so I come over and I shook his hand and I'm saying, I'm trying to understand who it is that's speaking to you. And he said, well, whatever do you mean? And I said, look, you know, there are those of us that have awareness far beyond the normal means and have chosen to use gifts that are not normally available other than a person having to desire them to the extent that they manipulate them and start beginning to use them. So anyway, I am aware of who you are, and I can see through you and understand that there is a third party somewhere that is manipulating you. And he said, oh, no, that's, that's just a bunch of bunk. And I said, well, it appears to me that your character completely altered and is still altered to a large degree. And not only that, but your very serene blue eyes suddenly turned black as soon as you were on the stage talking to us. Now, that would imply to me that you're under the possession, control, etc., of an alien being. And he said, no, 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 nah, nah, that's not true. And eventually, um, he went away. I mean, he just went on out and went through the lobby and everything else, and he disappeared. And I never saw any more flyers of that nature or anything else. Now, the third time, okay, was basically an encounter of the third kind. I was driving my car up around the Santa Cruz Mountains once again, which is a lovely place. It's, a, it's got kinds of different things, all kinds of huge trees that are very, very, very old. So anyway, I was driving down uh, Highway 17, I think it was, and the road, of course, is very curvy and has even some hair, hair pin turns in it, so you've got to be very careful. Unless you're very familiar with the road, it's not somewhere you would want to travel at great speed. So anyway, I stopped along the side of the road and parked across the road from a uh, kind of like a, 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 a modern 
well, not a modern, but I mean, kind of a, like a, a general store, okay? And they had hot, they had hot dogs and hamburgers and various other hot sandwiches, and they also sold cold drinks, and they sold all kinds of various sundry items, and all this kind of stuff. So I had acquired me a cheeseburger and a Coke, okay? And I went across the street with me Coke and me cheeseburger back to me car, and I rolled the windows down, and I started the engine because. I didn't want to run my battery down, but I wanted to listen to music as I sat there and ate. So I was eating my cheeseburger and drinking my Coke, and I was listening to the radio, which, of course, back then in the 70s, I was, you know, commonly listening to all of the all the tunes of that, that time period, of course, like the Beach Boys and the Beatles and all these various groups. Anyway, I was just about to bow on my last bite of cheeseburger, and I happened to look across the road, oh, I'd say about three football fields away, into a dense patch of forest and my eyes traced up some of the trees there and lo and behold above the trees hovering about 200 feet above them or so there was a silver craft and I couldn't tell if it was round or diamond shaped or exactly what it was because the sunshine was shimmering off it like crazy and it was like as soon as I became consciously aware that they were sitting there the car died the radio went off and I could not uh start the car back or anything of that nature. So I'm saying to myself, well, who are you and why are you here? Because like I told you, I'm very intuitive. I have a very strong telepathic ability. And I didn't get any reply at first. And I reached out and I reached out and I reached out. And and finally, I got this telepathic message telling me that, hello, we are there and we are here and we are only looking in on you. We want to know, you know, how you're doing because you're running around with this broken nose. So I immediately began to say, okay, maybe this is the Arturians again, and this time they're checking on me because they feel a bit guilty since they haven't taken this tracking device out of my nose. So I'm saying, okay, well, all right, you're checking on me, so that means that at least you have my welfare or my best welfare in your, in your heart or mind or what have you. So I'm not going to count you as an enemy, but I do hold you accountable for not taking this device out of my nose. Because obviously, even though our physical medical science may not be prepared to remove such a tracking device from my physical broken nose without preparing the nose and uh, repairing the nose, uh, I'm sure that your science medically would be far more advanced than ours. So I'm sure it wouldn't take you long. And they said, oh, no, we're not, we, we're, we're not going to be to doing that because we're finding that you're the most interesting individual with all kinds of encounters, not only of the of the ET or extraterrestrial design, but also with all kinds of spirits and all kinds of phantoms and all kinds of entities and all kinds of things. And so we've been tracking you and we've been quite to making a history of all these encounters that you've had. And of course, we in turn have been sharing with our brothers from the Pleiades and, and our brothers from several other galaxies and so on and so forth. And I said, well, isn't that wonderful? And so finally, the ship began to hover upwards, okay? And the next thing I knew, it just completely vanished. It went straight up in the air and could no longer be seen. And my awareness said, yeah, they're gone. And it was at that time that my engine would start once again. And my radio was playing, of course. And I'd always already finished me cheeseburger, basically speaking, and half me Coke. And I said, oh, this is just weird as the hell. Because, I mean, you know. Yes, I'm very open-minded, and I'm very intuitive, and I have been studying the occult basically since birth and been very much aware and in tune 
to spirituality and, and the spiritual nature of things. But at the same time, you still have the human aspect in the saying, well, you know, that was a rather strange encounter. And of course, my spirit is saying, yes, indeed it was, but it's over with now, so go ahead and carry on with the rest of your day. So, of course, I pulled out. I've had all kinds of strange and unusual encounters. And basically, they have widened my perspective from all kinds of different ways and all kinds of different aspects. And that's just me. So, I come forward with you tonight, and I say that, hey, if you're out there and you're listening, uh, those of you who are into ufology, or those of you that are into pyramids, or Atlantis, or Lemuria, or any of these other societies, or you have opinions that you've festered, or you have questions that you would like answered, then I suggest that, you know, you're welcome to call in, and by all means, do bend your ear and listen to us, because we'll be here every Saturday night from this point in time forward at these hours from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern, thanks to the gratuitous nature of my divine host. Well, actually, she is my producer, okay, since I guess I'm the host to have it grammatically correct. And that is, of course, the lovely T.J. Morris, who basically is coming out of a cave, in a matter of speaking, because she's been there, but she's always been in the background. So now we ask her to come forward in the foreground so that she can reach out to all her contactees and have all a myriad associations, organizations, and so forth, who basically I would not say she's lost contact with, but at the same time she's been kind of what you'd call nestled, okay? And, I mean, we all go through these periods in life where we like to nestle ourselves simply because we've got a lot going on and there's a lot happening to us personally in our personal lives that oftentimes detract us from that which we do outwardly. So, TJ, might you have another two cents you'd like to add to the situation? <laughs> I like listening to your stories, and uh, you remind me of uh, so many television shows. Uh, what I'm sharing, well, <clears throat> I've shared life uh, in television, uh, but uh, very rarely have I appeared on television. Uh when will I be loved with Stephanie Powers when she is my, uh, well, they used my uh, showroom, uh, my corporate showroom in Atlanta, Georgia. And I understand you're from Valdosta, Georgia, so you could appreciate that the southernness in me was, uh, I was just a standby I don't, on the escalator, my husband and I, for hours. So they got to use my backdrop as she was playing a, a person such as myself. <laughs> I was actually the person with the real life, and she was the actress, and my husband loved Stephanie Powers. That was his perfect woman ideal. Oh, my God. So, uh, And I got my children in um, back in the day in California when I had a showroom there uh, for my corporation was uh, down in the California markets. Um we did uh, all kind of alternative to leather, Quercus Super Oak, and clothes and shoes and jewelry. And I actually got to go to Spain then, but that was in California. And I understand you're from California too. So I find yes. it interesting. My television days uh, in California and Georgia, somehow now I'm in the panhandle of Florida and I've been doing radio, but. A girl, uh, Susan, that was on last night starting her new platform on my radio show under my brand, TG Marcy Radio, Susan Johnson, she uh, told me today 
my numbers uh, from a long time ago in Beaver Dam, Kentucky. So uh, I lived in Kentucky, for those of you that follow Chandler's, and we had Kentucky very well known for uh, the 70s and people that channeled spirituality. And the most famous uh, friend of mine in Kentucky was uh, Carla Ruckert. She became Carla McCarty. And uh, of the Love and Light community, and of course I do the LNL or Love and Light community in the Ascension Center. So we're bringing together all of our history with the Ascension Center organization, ACO, with the Alien Contact organization. And uh, it's funny that I'm beginning all over again, and like Richard said, bringing me back out to uh, all all those in social media. I've uh, my background's in originally was law enforcement, but I was taken as a child, as uh, a small child. So my story goes back, and you can read it in books on Lulu and uh, Amazon. But uh, UFO, uh, I wrote for UFO Digest 2007. But I began back in the day, and uh, there's a gentleman coming on later, a part of my reality that studies ufology and has done me on video in Canada and with prior functioning with Revolution Radio and Thomas Reuben Becker, also known as a mad painter, and T.R. Becker. So uh, let's see here. Someone's coming on. Uh, It may be early. It may be. Let me look. But uh, the fact is, yes, I'm an alien ET contactee. And uh, I'm very proud to have a lot of friends in social media. And uh, Porsche 914, what's area code 914? I don't know. That might be Brian coming on uh, early, uh, which is fine. Uh, But uh, we will get started with sharing. I've had a spiritual group, a metaphysical group, and a UFO group since as long as I can remember. But it was... uh, J. Allen Hynek in 85 on an airplane, and his uh, I was supposed to meet his secretary in Denver. And since I met Jan Aldrich, that all this with KUFOs, MUFON, all these organizations, I was never allowed to be in because I was real law enforcement, a private investigator, or legal investigator in and out of country. I went to Africa and Spain and Japan and all over. But uh, I just happened to meet. Brian through Revolution Radio, I think it was 2018, but it was as a friend of mine, T.R. Becker, that asked me to be involved with Brian. So Brian came on my show with a mad painter. I asked him mad to come on, but uh, he didn't. Let me see who this is. Area code 914. I'm turning your speaker on. Is this, who is this? 914. Hi, this is Katie. I had called your show in the past. So I just saw you're on and wanted to listen um, to what you're doing this evening. Well, thank you. And your name again is Katie? Yeah. I called you a few months ago. Okay. And what area might you be in, Katie? Yeah. What area might you be calling from? Oh, New York. That's what I was thinking. New York. Ah, New York. Okay, Katie. Well, thank you for joining us tonight, Katie, and we will be doing, uh, I I do readings on Thursdays, and Richard and I may do some at the end, if that's what you're accustomed to, 
Are you one of the Katie's that has called in for a reading prior? Okay. <laughs> well, we'll be we'll okay. be doing that. We'll be setting up a platform for Thursdays, you know, and it'll be mini readings. And and if you want a more prolonged reading, then of course you can. Uh, you're welcome to contact either of us in private. Um, okay. But mini readings, you know, we will address whatever question happens to be on your heart or mind, and then we'll basically bounce it off between the two of us and give you whatever we get, more or less. Um, I used to do the, the like. I used to do the like as such with Andrew Aloha out of uh, Arizona, and we did that for a couple of years. And we used to have quite some success. We were very. We had lots of people calling in because everyone was always of the mindset that they needed an answer. Now, of course, being realistic about the whole thing, okay, speaking from the spiritual being that I am, I would tell you, Katie, that you always have all the answers that you ever need within your own being, okay? But it's fun to be social, and I love, you know, talking to new people and meeting new people and getting to know them and all that kind of good stuff because that's what we're here for. It's what radio is all about, reaching out through the airwaves and influencing people in a positive manner, whatever way it may be. So we sincerely do appreciate you at least listening in. And you have a blessed night. You as well. Thank you so much. Lovely speaking with you both. I'd like to listen to the show. Well, sure, thank you. I hope mind. you learned something. Thank you, Katie, uh, for supporting us. Thank you. I hope you'll hit our like on the outside of blogtalkradio.com. Uh, if you guys can get on the computers, it's blogtalkradio.com. And my brand for since 2012 is TJ Mars ET Radio. And, yes, we do have a lot of followers. And I'm going to mute you, Katie. But thank you so much. And don't forget, uh, we have Suzanne Thursdays. And I think that uh, uh, Dr. Knight may pick up Wednesdays with me. But we're going to work out a platform Wednesdays and Thursdays. So I'm putting you on mute. And back to the story, uh, yes, uh, that, as you can see, I'm uh, known as the Cosmos Ambassador, <laughs> and that's how I got my uh, Halloween gig, and folks, after being on television and having shows, and then I got to be Michael Jackson's, uh, one of his many psychics, God bless him, passing over, but he got in touch with me when he was passing, I, he wasn't even at the hospital yet, so uh that was pretty interesting that people can communicate even if we've met and my grandmother did the same thing. So I have a lot of stories to tell too. And some of you have heard them through the years here and there. And uh, I haven't really done what's called a timeline sitting down year by year. And uh, that's one thing Richard's been doing. And uh, I look forward to maybe getting that done, but not everybody wants to expose everything they've ever done. But Dr. Richard tonight is our platform specialist for tonight uh, on Saturdays, and uh, I don't know what all that's going to entail other than ACE Metaphysics, which is what was the main core, which actually Katie found us. She watches TJ T Radio and uh, ACE Metaphysical Institute with Dr. Knight because he is a specialist, as you've heard, but he'll also help us in the last hour with ufology. Now, uh, Dr. Knight, as we start going forward in the future in 2021, we hope to raise the consciousness universally. And as you said, we're both universal life enlisted in Modesto, California. I haven't been with them as long as you have. I've, I've got my company and my Ascension Center and my name, Teresa J. Thurman Morris, and then Teresa J. Morris out of Kentucky. But 
They're all me, folks. So what I was saying was Susan had found my Beaver Dam, Kentucky address and my phone numbers on her Apple. All right. So I have moved yes. from Kentucky. So yes, she's every- now in Gulf Breeze amongst the alien ETs that like to fly by there and drop umbrellas down every night. So anyways. <laughs> so have you been here to Gulf Breeze or Pensacola in your lifetime, Dr. Rick? Yes. Yes, I've been to Pensacola. Matter of fact, one of the most famous seafood restaurants I've ever been to in my life presented me with one of the largest lobsters I've ever seen. It must have weighed a good seven pounds. And that's very large for a lobster. But anyway, it took up, <laughs> it took up what we would call a platter plate. And boy, I tell you, it must have taken me almost an hour and a half to eat the poor thing. But anyway, <laughs> well, then I also had a, a not so good experience in that I went swimming in the ocean at the end of a end of the sea run, I guess you would call it, because basically the street basically turns into a parking area, and there the ocean is right there in front of you. But I just must have chosen the wrong day because I went down to about thirty feet, and I unintentionally swam into a bevy of. Uh, Oh, what they call them. Oh, don't go. I had it in mind a minute ago. But anyway, um, the ones that sting you. Uh, jellyfish. That's what it is. Oh, jellyfish. No, jelly, jellyfish. Jellyfish, yes. And I come upon a man of war, and he laid he laid his tenders upon me, and my life flashed in front of my eyes. But fortunately, I was <laughs> easy, easy, easily gotten back to the beach because I'm a very strong swimmer. And, you know, uh, I had learned that, of course, what? that the... The most instantaneous way to get rid of the sting is that you go into a bathroom and you use a cup <laughs> or, or a container of some kind and you ner- urinate in the same, and then basically you pour the urine on yourself, and the urine basically detoxifies all the all the toxin that is emitted on onto your physical self through the stings of the man of war and other various jellyfish. So anyway, I did that and it worked. So the experience was kind of not so good, but at the same time, it was interesting because even though I'd swum a million times in the Pacific Ocean, I'd never run into jellyfish. So that was a first-time experience there. Oh, sorry you ran into it here. I ran into it in Galveston when I lived in Houston, went to school there, and uh, Galveston caught some those little spikes. Boy, that oh, I remember that to this day. That is some pain, and then we would have oh, yeah. an Adolf meat tenderizer, and we didn't know about peeing. Maybe Mother did, but later on, I think we started doing that, taking turns, and I think I saw that on Survivor, which, by the way, folks, it's right about four minutes till the hour, but I just want to mention, I heard that Survivor, uh, which I like to watch, and Dr. Rick uh, was nice enough to share a few of his TV shows he likes because uh, – I keep up with IMDb and Rotten Apples, and I've thought my company, American Communications Online, not only are we going to help uh, the metaphysical, spiritual, paranormal shows, but uh, other things in reality shows. And he and I both watch uh, reality shows. On the hour here, are there any shows you'd like to mention? I mentioned Survivor, but due to 2021, I don't know if they had time to film any, and I'm really disappointed but anything for 2021 that you'd like to say that uh, what for entertainment purposes uh, on the hour for spiritual well, people sure. or reality? Well, sure. I would, like I, I would recommend Supernatural, uh, although I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock and trade in it because a lot of it's Hollywood and special effects and so forth. But there's a great deal of sp- uh, storyline there. 
some of which is actually based in truth, although the truth is rather smattered about because it's Hollywood, of course. But anyway, I like Supernatural. It's quite entertaining. I also like, um, let's see here. Oh, there's a bunch of them. Um, let's see. The History Channel is very good. They have lots of documentaries about lots of different subjects, including uh, ancient aliens. Okay. Uh, that's a very good series that's ongoing. Um, and it tells the history of the interaction between ETs and mankind. And it, it's done what quite eloquently, discover? and they have a great many guests. Do what? You said Discover. What were you watching? Is it Discovery Channel? They, folks, we've gotten, into, we've gotten, just so you know, into live streaming. That uh, When I watch on my big TV uh, for pleasure, entertainment, and education, uh, and spiritual shows, all of the above, uh, you know, I can't tell the difference. I've got a lot of YouTubes. I know some people are going to bit shoot, but there's all kind of new channels out there, and I still have cable. But uh, a lot of people get these fire sticks. And uh, they go, they just pay for internet only nowadays. But uh, Dr. Rick, how uh, how do you do it? Do you, uh, like I have cable, but do you have uh, internet and then you can watch Prime or uh, Google? Yes, I have have internet. I have internet so I can watch, I can watch HBO shows such as uh, a very good one is, uh, let's see, I can remember it now. But the storyline is, is very, very intriguing and very interesting. Oh, don't go into what's the name of it. Well, you um, can bring it next week. You can, you know, anyone yeah, because on mean, the hour, there's, there, there, we can mention yeah, some. There's, yeah, there's all, there, there's all kinds of them out there now that would never have even been thought of, say, 20, 30 years ago, because it just wasn't the fad then. Now, of course, people are becoming more and more aware, more and more enlightened, more and more metaphysical and their out, outlook and their approach and so forth. And as a result, the entertainment industry is finally following the trend that has always been in bookstores for the last 50 years. Um, well, we know there's ghost paranormal. What about the Bigfoot yes. shows? Now, I know that when I was in Tibet in one of my past lives, we left some of the big feet behind or the Yeti to protect the Tibet because we left some extraterrestrials on the Tibetan mountains. I, don't know about, I think now that we're in, supposed to be going from the third, fourth, and fifth dimensional level of consciousness, we're supposed to be awakening and raising our consciousness to allow the overlays and the dimensions now, and we can get into that. Yes, uh, yes we can. With, but again, with you know, because um, I mean, basically we have created, some would call it two timelines, some would call it uh, navigational futures, Some would call it all kinds of different terms, but what you're basically saying is that, okay, those who have chosen to awaken all the way have now gotten off the fence and decided that they're going to take that reality by the horns and develop themselves to the degree that they actually begin the ascension process, which basically the ascension process will lead you all the way up to the 12th dimension eventually. But as we are beginning here on Earth and most of Earthlings or general persons most likely would start at the third the 3d matrix which is where we're at right now and you would ascend which would mean that your awareness expands out to the degree that not only do you see 3d but you also see the fourth dimension overlaid over the 3d so that makes you very aware and very intuitive and very telepathic it also improves a lot of other skills okay so it expands from the sense of being that basically you're beginning to incorporate more of your true self into your physical, mental, 
and emotional consciousness as a human being. So basically, you're becoming kind of an inter- interdimensional being. If we process with progress on down this timeline, all right, there are two timelines now, and they're at a juncture, and they will soon be splitting only a very minute distance apart from each other. But the one timeline will consist of all of those who have become all hung up into the material world and all into the gains and the politics and the religion and all that kind of stuff that the material world has created up to now. And those of us who basically are on the ascension path and basically have already transited through, to some degree, the fourth dimension, and even others who have already arrived at the fifth dimension. Because Mother Earth, basically Gaia, okay, the living goddess who is the mother of all Earth and all created beings on the plane of Earth's existence, uh, has said basically that she's tired of this. She's tired of, of this race of men who are polluting her world and paving over her nature spots and doing away with her forests and polluting her waters and all of this. And she's just saying, well, I'm sorry, but I'm tired of this and I'm not going to put up with it anymore. So now I'm going to raise my vibration and I shall create a world basically similar, excuse me, similar to the Garden of Eden in, in regards to those of you who follow the Bible, but basically a, a, a paradise recreated so that all of those who reside in the dimension will once again experience the true love and complete evolvement in regards to feeling that love directly from source, which, of course, again, we allow ourselves to become overlaid and basically distracted to a large extent so we don't give that much attention to our inner selves, which is basically our true selves. And then, of course, you know, again, the metaphysical language has changed courses three times during my lifetime, excuse me, and during this outlay of information, you're actually restating the same facts and the same topics, only the names for the same have drastically changed. For example, all right, there's a large inter- interplay between the word soul and spirit, all right? And I would go as far to say as this is a correction that needs to be distinguished and needs to be made, okay? The soul is nothing more than the personality of your spirit, just as your ego is the personality of your human self. Okay, so that clarifies that once and for all. Your soul, when you refer to your soul, you're referring to the personality of your higher self or basically the, the personality of your spirit. Your spirit, in essence, is nothing but pure vibrational energy that consists of nothing but pure consciousness. Because why? When you were created, you were created as a divine being, okay, directly from the source of all. Now, of course, All of you are going to have different names, different traditions, different so on and so forth, which is fantastic, okay? I acknowledge all of those as a theologian, having studied all the traditions and all the religions of the world, all right? And all have an equal place, and no one is right and no one is wrong. There, that puts us all on the same foothold or the same chessboard, you could say, in a matter of speaking, okay? So your reality, of course, is up to you, and what you do with that reality is also up to you. But you also need to keep in mind that words are very powerful and thoughts are even more powerful, okay? And when you add words and thoughts and emotional intentions all together, then you come upon the science of magic. So anyway, all this said, these two timelines are basically have completely separated about now. And all of those that are on the ascension path will soon be basically disappearing in a manner of speaking. Because your vibrational rate will be at such an ascended 
vibration that those that remain in the third dimension will no longer be able to see. All right. Now, to give you some, to give you a relevation point. All right. When we speak of the other side or heaven or whatever you want to call it, okay, where all spirits go. First and foremost, you should understand that no one is ever truly away from us. Okay. The crossed over point, or what we call the uh, point of heaven or the point of the other side is only rationally about four feet above yourself when you actually are physically standing up. The reason that you cannot see it, hear it, or identify with it is because it vibrates in the seventh dimension. So therefore, its vibrational rate is far outside your normal kin as far as understanding, inter- interacting, and so on and so forth. That is not to say that you cannot do so because everyone is capable of everything. You see, the only thing that ever holds us back from anything is ourselves. We love to get in our own ways constantly and get distracted with all kinds of things that have no relevance really to our spirituality. But at the same time, it is interesting, so we play along with it. All right? So there is no longer any, any time to be sitting on the fence in between the two dimensions. Rather, you must get down off the fence and decide for yourself whether you're going to continue on the timeline, which is the third dimensional or three-dimensional world, of the black and white and good and evil and all this kind of stuff. Or if, in fact, you're going to ascend and transit through the fourth dimension, which will assist you in creating your diamond body. Okay. Of course, in order to establish your diamond body, you have to go through a great matrix of all kinds of essential alignments and all this kind of stuff. But it doesn't necessarily take a whole long time. Okay. And it's all a peaceful resonance. All right. So it's nothing you have to be frightened of. Or nothing you have to think that would you've got to be taken up on a ship to have be transported into another dimension. That's not true at all. Because in order to have the experience of another dimension, all you have to do is raise your vibration. Now, vibrations, again, are raised very readily and very easily because, you see, the highest vibration in all of creation is love. But it's not the love that we consider here on Earth. It's an unconditional love that is manifested through the source of all which is, of course, the divine will and the creators who created all of creation. And I look upon it as mother and father God. But, of course, that's my personal interpretation because it makes good sense to me. Why? Because there are men and there are women. So why wouldn't you want to make a man in the image of God and a woman in the image of goddess, you see? And again, here we have equilateralness, all right? There is an absolute, complete, supreme equality between the two. And if the truth be known, God himself is rather kind of lazy, okay? In other words, he went through the the triumph of making the whole of creation, which he keeps adding to here and there and withdrawing from every now and again. But he basically gave the majority storehouse of his power over to the goddess. Why? Because the goddess is even more creative than he is. She is where we find imagination, intuition, telepathy, the arts, okay? And all of this kind of stuff. And basically, she also is where we find compassion, okay, and kindness and consideration. And this is, you know, I mean, you know, if you talk religion, of course, you're talking Mother Mary, the mother of God, who begat the son Jesus, who was basically a human being until the age of 33, at which time he became God actualized. So anyway, and I'm not going to go on into religion because, yes, it plays a part in metaphysics simply because there is a mystery side to religion, just like anything else. We have an outer school and an inner school, 
and the outer school is practiced by those who are the followers, and the inner school are practiced by the priests and so forth who have been initiated into the facets of their tradition. So anyway, just as I am a Coptic bishop, I was also introduced inner side of the Egyptian tradition, okay? Not the outer side, the inner side, all right? And the, and the priests within our lineage, of course, have upheld those traditions for thousands of years. But they won't talk to you about it, of course not, because on the surface, to the regular mind and heart of man, they want to be perceived as good Christians. And indeed they are, even though they do address the apocryphal texts which have been deliberately left out of the Bible. So anyway, before getting off into that tangent, the two timelines again, okay, one is 3D and one is 5D. And you have to make a choice what your immediate future is going to become. Are you going to remain here in 3D or are you going to transit in your ascension process and vibration and frequency-wise into the fifth dimension? And if you do so, like I said, eventually, who knows? I can't tell you how far in the future we're talking. We may be talking a couple of months. We may be talking a couple of years. We may be talking a couple hundred years. Because in addition to all of this taking place, all right, we are at the end of a Kali Yuga, which the of the Tantric in the Middle East and so forth, um, and also Indian and various aspects, because I, I recognize Hinduism as, as a very valuable tradition. I also re- recognize Tibetan uh, mystery, uh, or rather Tibetan wisdom as a very valid school of interest. And I also recognize uh, the Buddhist philosophers and, you know, uh, all of that such. As well, of course, as the Bhagavad Gita and that, that story that was the interplay of creation between Siva and uh, Vishnu and all of them peoples. And I mean, I'm not downplaying or saying that anyone, again, is any more larger or less than any of the, any of the ones I have spoken of. Rather, they are all individual paths. But the interesting thing is, of the thousands of paths that are created by man, they all lead to the same place. And that's back to the creator of all, because that's where our home is. That's where we came from. And that's to where we all shall return. So if you choose to be in the fifth dimension, then, of course, your expansion of awareness and your vibration and frequency will go upgrade, okay? And eventually, yes, um, once you transit past the fifth dimension, you will certainly not be able to be seen or heard any longer by those in 3D. So if you were to clarify this or parallel this, uh, the Bible refers in the book of John, basically, the rapture, okay, where basically people will come outside one day and good friends and persons they knew for a long time will no longer be seen, and it's as though they have just suddenly disappeared. Okay, and this is, this is something that's foretold, and more than likely it would transpire, simply because you have millions, if not billions of people, who believe in all of this coming to fruition. So you have to remember, all right, that you yourself as an individual are a co-creator of your world, and even to some extent, the branches of where your world intermixes with the outward universe. And so as a conscious co-creator, you create your world and all that transpires therein. As a conscious co-creator on a mass race level, okay, you participate in the overall consciousness of mankind. And the overall consciousness of mankind is basically the trendiness of where mankind themselves see themselves as evolving whether it be spiritually, whether it be awareness-wise, whether it be technology-wise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to determine for yourself what dimension your world is going to resonate in. And then in turn, 
if you do so and say, for example, that you, cho- you chose to go to 5D, well, then you're going to meet with all kinds of like-minded people that are there existing already in 5D. Now, that doesn't mean that you just really, truly, physically disappear. No, it means that your physical self is actually transposed, transported, and vibrationally recreated or created in sonics into the fifth dimension. And basically, you no longer have a use for a three-dimensional body because that three-dimensional body has been basically um, raised in its vibration and frequency so that in turn, through the ascension process, the whole ascension process is nothing more than assuming the responsibility of becoming more and more of yourself, you see. There's no great mystery to it. No, it's just meaning that you latch on to the fact that you want truth. And when you want truth and you become a seeker of the truth, then basically you become more and more aware of who you are individually, such as where you came from, who you were before you arrived here, etc., etc., etc. Okay? So, like I said, you have to make a choice because basically this is the divine will of the creator of all, that basically mankind has gotten to this place three times previously at the end of 100,000 years, all right? And in the previous three times, basically speaking, mankind has evaporated himself as a race. So now we sit at the fourth and final time of this juncture. And so basically it's divine will saying, okay, are you going to join me in love in the fifth dimension? Or are you going to hold back and stay asleep in the third dimension? Because you see, the creator doesn't mind which way you go because we we each have individual free will and our free will designates for us where we arrive. Well, I remind you, thoughts, words, intentions, and emotions are very powerful things. Is there a way to put the key to the general theory of relativity with space-time? Because general relativity and people understand third to fifth, but they jump over fourth, and that just is hard for people to understand consciousness when a single fourth-dimensional space-time diagram is used with Albert Einstein working on special relativity. But the speed of light in a vacuum for observers, you know, but the motion of the light source, how do we explain to them, you know, jumping into string theory, 10th through 13th, or we'll say just for the sake of argument and math that there's only 10 dimensions. Uh, You know, we we know we can do 12, 16, whatever, but we'll say for right now in – Space-time, we have the mathematical model of, you know, we have depth with space, but they say time in physics. So, okay. you know, I've always okay. had a let's, little let's, confusion let's, let's with back three up a dimensions. Minute. Okay, let's, let's back up a minute, all right? You cannot uh-huh. use three-dimensional science or math to describe a dimension that is beyond that existence. Simply so because time the is fourth the fourth dimension. dimension. The, no, 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 no. Time is the creation of math. All right. When you leave the third dimensional world, basically you become aware of time in existence as a circle. All right. It is no longer linear. Why? Because you are both in the past, the now, and in your future is irrelevant in regards to a process of measurement. All right. Now, Einstein, of course, was a very, very uh, demonstrative genius when it came to his mentality. All right. However, he was attempting to give people the understanding that all things in creation are relative to each other, okay? So 
yes, there is the existence of time from the perspective of the here and the now, or the now and the then, or the now and the yet to be. But it is not a timeline in perspective as we would consider, well, it's such and such an age, I get such and such and such and such and such and such. No, because in the fourth dimension, everything is in the now moment. In other words, you have already experienced your past, learned from your past, and taken that so that you have garnered the mistakes that you made and will no longer recreate them again. All right? And in turn, in addition to that, you are also aware that you are in the present moment having the experience that you yourself have created for you to have. All right? And then in the future moment is the ideas of what you want tomorrow to be. So it's an entirely different perspective than what you would experience in 3D because 3D just says, okay, well, I'm going to sleep tonight and I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm going to go to my job and I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. Well, you see, the higher the dimension you travel upon delineates or lessens the needs that you have become accustomed to in the three-dimensional world. So with this understanding, the fourth dimension is the transition point from your third dimensional being into your fifth dimensional being. It is not talked about much because it's a process. It is not necessarily given under process through which one has decided to go through by turning inward and raising their vibration and their frequency and turning more towards love, which, of course, now if you want to go religious on it, well, then you could say, all right. I am reaching up towards Christ consciousness. Christ consciousness, of course, is a generalized term, meaning that Christ came here to represent the purity of love of the divine, and therefore his love reached out to every individual, regardless of race, creed, tradition, etc., etc., etc. All right? His message was one of love, and he basically left us with three golden rules, and that is to love yourself and to love all others as you love yourself to treat yourself as you treat all others and you treat yourself and to by all means love all others as you would love yourself. So that's the three golden rules basically put in the, the here and now. Okay. And so that's well, the message you came to deliver. If we so talk anyway. about a brain theory, okay. Cause I'm, I'm struggling with the physics and the shapes and the cubes and the space but we're talking dimensions, fourth dimension, and uh, the fifth dimension they're saying is space work by energy throughout fifth dimensional space time. But if we use gravity, right, where gravity is concentrated, so we'll use that as the third dimension. And then we're talking about overlays, the end of opening strings. You know, they're saying that because we're in space time and we understand the warp things are bigger, lighter, closer to the brain where we are on this planet or anything that's three-dimensional. But when you take the gravitons, okay, the gravity that transmits in the closed strings, they're not confined to either the fifth, which is what you and I discussed. All right, the gravity, uh, if you relate it to gravity, if you relate it to gravity, all right, in the fourth dimension, we only experience half the gravity that we do with your Earth. all right? Gravity really has no true pull in the essence being that it is molecularly or atomically, anatomically or anatomically controlling you in any way. 
the way that it does here. Because there's no well, need for you to be sensitive. Can we teach Do people the difference between can we teach people B R A N E brain theory of multiple dimensions with the B R A N E? Well, you see, I want people I want people to leave their brains behind because your brain is old school. All right, you're talking about chemically a functional piece of your anatomy that resides within your skull. All right, when you get into the true heart of metaphysics and you get into the true heart of spirituality, you're talking about mental concepts and the mind. The mind, of course is non-existent other than the fact that it's an etheric form that is utilized constantly by your personality, okay? So the mind does have, it doesn't have any true existence, but yet at the same time, it is what dominates this reality and the reality that you experience, whether it be the fourth, fifth, or on up the regular dimension of scale. So gravity well, I'm talking about BRA and E, the other brain, the, other, the one we use in 3D, B-R-A-N-E for fifth dimensional shapes and how we teach physics. But that fifth dimensional space, when we jump over the gravitons in space, because they're still using gravity space in the B-R-A-N-E, in the, uh, according to string theory. But okay, B-R-A-N-E, well, that's fine. These all have B-R-A-N-E. relevance in the third dimension. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand, okay? You cannot take what is relevant mentally, whether it be uh, mathematics or whether it be string theory or whether it be quantum mechanics or whether it be quantum physics or any of this, basically, and apply it with the exception of, of all those I just mentioned. There's only one that transcends the third dimension, and that is quantum physics. Because, you see, when you go talking about the quantum field, basically, you're, you're exposing yourself to a string of pure energy that gives you the creativity of instant manifestation. And so basically, if you surround yourself in the quantum field, which is brought about by being in the here and now, or the now moment, or the zero point in math, okay? When you reach the zero point in math, you are neither convoluting forward nor convoluting backward. You're actually stationary. But yet in that stationariness is the vastness of all creation standing before you. Let's see if Brian's going to come on. He's talking to me on Skype, but what am I doing wrong? Am I not putting him on? Uh, I thought he was Tell him to dial in. Stuff. Tell him to dial the number directly, okay? And don't use Skype because we don't need to be blending Skype in with blog talk. I don't think that's going to work too well. Let's see. He's used to. Have him just, have him just dial the number, just like anyone else would. And then you welcome his, oh. him as, as a guest, just like you do me. Yeah, let's see. Can let me see. Can you call in, please? Because uh, he's late. Three four seven nine four five seven two zero oh, seven on your cell phone. Okay, you don't so, need to be telling the audience. I mean, this is a reiteration, of course, of anyone that wants to join the show. Pose a question. Pose your opinion, or ask a question, or anything else that they would like to do. That is our dialing yeah. number, and we can readily be reached thereby. And this is the method by which it's most commonly used on Block Talk Radio, okay? And now, if we get into time. Skype, then that would, be, <laughs> that would be a whole other dimension, okay? Because, yes, you're talking about transiting from regular radio waves into bonicized, uh 
however you well, would watch mechanically a telecommunication Skype is. Do what? Yeah, I always have trouble. I have trouble with that jump. In the, when we're discussing well, just dimensions. Just dial in as anyone else would be welcome to dial in. Oh, as far as the dimensions are concerned, well, you see, the dimensions are very, very simple, okay? You raise your vibration, and as you raise your vibration, you expose on a molecularly atomic level the entirety of your physicality, the entirety of your mentality, the entirety of your emotional self, and you progress forward from these into what I would quantify as the quantum field, all right? The quantum field, like I said, is an expression of creation, and it's the best way that I can quantify it mathematically as the zero point. In other words, the conjunction of the past, the present, and the future, all conjoining in one split second in the now moment. All of this intellectualism about math and reality and all the rest of it, it's old school because it belongs to 3D, okay? You cannot describe other dimensions using 3D terms because those terms are not related to nor used in another dimension. Now, but some anyway, of the people I've to, seen, to give you a base, um, to give you a base uh, of understanding, like I say, uh-huh. the third dimension is where we are now. The fourth dimension is where we are becoming more and more of our true selves. Okay. Space and it time. Is an ascension. It isn't. No, it is an ascension process. It doesn't have a damn thing to do with space or time, because for relativity's sake. Everything happens at the right time in the right place at the right moment, okay? That's where relativity comes in. Otherwise, outside well, of that, of it has no kids, basis. A lot of the young kids for years in cyberspace have talked about don't go to fourth because that's where all the bad aliens and the archons oh. live. So this is okay, 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 okay. So we, we are not going to admit any negativity whatsoever in any size, shape, or description on this platform simply because I annihilate our negativity, all right? Negativity cannot exist in my super, because negativity is based on fear, and fear only exists in the third dimension. So if you're projecting fear into the fourth dimension, it's just going to be bounced right back to you because it doesn't exist. Oh, Brian says he's on here. Oh, okay. Well, then, well, let me introduce Okay, you, well, then what's you talking mind. about? I mean, you know, he's already on. No, he's then, not. of course, introduce, introduce the man so he can join us in conversation. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Katie, for hanging in there. She's still with us. Okay, he's been on 46. Hi, Brian. I must have told you the wrong time. How are you? No, I'm and, sorry. Uh, I, I made a mistake of the time. Sorry. <laughs> That's oh, all right. Well, this is Dr. Time's irrelevant. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we were talking about. Space and Thank time you. in the fourth dimension. Dr. Uh, Richard T. Knight, this is Brian Rue of Canada and our Vancouver. He's the assistant director. And Brian, tell people a little bit about the UFO groups, and then we can get into a little metaphysics too, because uh, Dr. Uh, Richard Thomas Knight, not Dr. Rick, over there close to you in Oregon, but this is the other Dr. Rick in Georgia. Okay. But tell him, tell him a little about you and uh, your uh, metaphysics uh, and spirituality and your YouTubes, and then you two can get in a conversation. He's going to try to run our Saturday night for various organizations, Brian, including UFOs. <clears throat> so tell him a little about you. 
in your group. Yeah, okay. And I can mention our my group is we have a Vancouver UFO group. We meet um every every Saturday at eleven AM Pacific Standard Time. We just uh, met with a dozen people today. We do a Zoom video and we focus on experiencers like we have uh um an abductee here, Jeff Selver, who's had close contact with the Greys and he's uh writing a book. We've done twenty hours of videos with him. And we have a YouTube channel called uh Vancouver a UFO. So we've got about 140 members, for, and we're interested in the, the idea of a federation of planets that Earth should should join this. Jeff's had a favorable relationship with the Greys, and last Saturday we had a woman, Crystal, in Vancouver Island, who's also been in touch with the Greys, and also gets met messages about a federation of planets. Uh, myself, um, I'm, I'm a Buddhist teacher by profession. I taught for for 20 years, of course, uh, meditation. And Buddhism around the Vancouver area, and uh, I've been making um, videos since 2011. I've got 2,500 videos on my BitChute channel, whole playlists on called UFOs and Aliens. I cover other subjects like uh, New World Order, history, things like that. So I've been a controversial figure. I've had about six million hits. I get about uh, 7,000 hits a day on my my BitChute channel. But my big focus is. Uh, Whatever affects humanity the most, like the biggest issues, the biggest opportunities, or the biggest dangers for humanity, that's what I what I focus on. I've been concerned a lot about the globalists, but I think the um, the the dark side of the like the uh, reptilians are working through the globalists, in my view, and then there's the good side, the Federation with the Greys. Um, so it's all very mysterious. We don't know for sure what all the aliens are up to and how many there are, but that's. Um, <laughs> That's my big interest. Yes, I'm a meditation meditator. I've done some channeling as well. I feel I get get messages. I'm sort of a, a C average channeler, not the best in the world, but I have a real Buddhist <laughs> worldview of the devas, the higher higher realms. So I have a Theravada. I was a Buddhist monk in Thailand, so I've got a Theravada Buddhist worldview. Mm-hmm. So what else can I say? <laughs> I can ask many That's questions. That's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. You just gave us a mouthful in a very brief few sentences or a very brief brief few words. Now I can oh, identify and sympathize with your Buddhist roots simply because followed the Vajrayana path or the lightning path oh, yeah. in this particular incarnation. And oh, I became okay. enlightened by a, a lightning strike on the etheric label level and basically it took me from what one could say the conscious awareness from my physical attributes to the conscious level of my divine self. So yes, in in old school terms, you could say I became instantaneously enlightened. Now, oh. in addition to that, of course, I have also spent thousands of years upon the path of Bodhisattvahood. And basically, I'm happy to announce that I'm closing in and I'm getting there, which is wonderful. But mm-hmm. at the same time, there's not a lot of people that are going to understand what a bodhisattva is. But basically, what a bodhisattva is, is basically it's like a stage of development along the lines or equivalent to, in some ways, the Buddha himself. In other words, a bodhisattva basically has a heart of compassion and a heart of genuineness that when they appear to others, basically speaking, they are there to give them divine inspiration or de- or to divinely intervene if, in fact, mm-hmm. they find themselves in an out-of-the-way place, okay? So yep. I can relate to that. And, of course, um, I also am a Shaolin monk, okay? 
Yeah. So that approaches from that aspect. I studied the martial arts for 30 years, and I am a grandmaster of Kung Fu. I have had 12 senseis, and they have taught me, they have taught me 18 different styles. So, well, I won't um, mess with you then. <laughs> well, you see, again, the physicality, all right, I went into the physicality first and foremost, of course, for the bodily discipline, okay, because spirit is always in control of the body and not the other way around. As I like to say, yeah. we are spirits having a human experience and not humans attempting to find our spiritual experience. Yeah, I agree with that. So, anyways, um, it sounds like you're way out there in lots of different respects. Um, as far as an audience is concerned, I mean, you obviously are reaching a great many people. And I do, I would completely applaud and agree with you that, yes, we need to have this Federation of Planets which the foremost brotherhood or the foremost central beings that are encouraging this, of course, is the Galactic Federation of Life. Now, yeah. in a cosmic scale, of course, uh, there are always going to be those that would love to possess the Earth, uh, just as the Anunnaki did in the far past. And the Anunnaki have been dethroned. And the Cabal, of course, has been dethroned and also being rounded up. So the New World Order is coming to a very, very short order it's like they're driving through McDonald's and they get in, into line and basically as they drive away with their food, they're suddenly inducted into a chamber of cocooning, okay, because they need to be reschooled because they've lost the identity of who they truly are and have gone yeah. over into a manifestation of their more grosser materialistic being and have lost touch with the love and the divineness within the center or core of their being. So they kind of have to be cocooned or reschooled, you could say. So it's not really that we're harming them, but at the same time, we're getting them to divorce their lesser nature because their lesser nature has been one of controlling others and manipulating others and stepping on people to get where they desire to be. And this is just no longer going to be tolerated. It's just a frank fact. Again, this revolves around divine will. Okay? So if you're saying that the creator of all is looking down on the planet Earth into our galaxy, into our universe, and so forth, and making the divine decree saying that mankind now needs to either ascend or sit on his ass and take another ride on 3D for however long that may be, or go ahead and ascend and develop his 5D awareness, which means he goes to the core essence of his self, develops his true self, and becomes consciously aware of who all he is, or they or she is, of course, because uh, I'm speaking of mankind in a general term. Of course, I'm not specifying uh, any particular gender. I'm just talking to us as a race, all right? Now, our overall consciousness, of course, I would say that probably 80% is ready for the conclusion of the matrix reality or that which is generated in 3D, okay? You also, so, so with an 80, 80% majority, of course, then in turn we are going to recreate and join ourselves in a fifth dimensional reality and as soon as we do, all of these spaceships and so forth that are hovering around us will become very, we will be very aware of their existence because we will be able yeah. to see and hear them. Okay? So all this yeah. good stuff. And, and this is all happening at the moment. Now, of course, you see, we as human beings um, have this frightful habit. And I say it's a frightful one because it's done, a, done us a lot of damage in the present and the past, and especially the past. If you look, look at us historically, 
we have all demanded that there was always going to be a war, okay? Whether it be yeah. for this tradition, that race over this race, or who controlled what continent, or so on and so on and so forth. And it's all been ridiculous because it was a lot of loss for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Simply yeah. because people became outward involved instead of turning inward. And I'm sure you can relate to that as a Buddhist. Because I the agree, Buddhist yeah, people that, have know, to have all, more of a all spiritual answers, life. All, yes, all answers are found within the inward self, whereas the outward self is only a reflection of your thought. Yes. Let yes, me push yes. this around. Uh, I've invited Brian on here the last hour, but we're a little late. But uh, as the host tonight, Richard, I'd like you to learn what he's been doing that I don't know about. <laughs> sure. Well, I don't. I, I mean, I, I, I keep I keep absolutely no track and no concept of time except when it's <laughs> variable as to whether or not I need to go to sleep, which recently is only three hours a night. And then, of course, you know, the progression of the hours when the sun comes up and so on and so forth and, and the day goes on and you go through your regular routine of whatever it happens to be. So well, by all I, means, I Brian, that. do elucidate. Brian? Do elucidate what, what's currently on your table of agenda. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, I agree with something you were saying earlier that in the future all these um, UFOs or flying saucers will become visible. My, my view since around 2009 is... Um, there's, there's flying saucers buzzing around day and night, like everywhere around the world, and they have a cloaking device. We don't see them, but it's an everyday thing, and that people get, are getting uh, abducted, commonly pulled out of their houses, abducted for a few hours, and put back. Um, and this is part of a, a long-term kind of genetic upgrade. Like the, the Federation of Planets, at least my understanding from what I've researched, and also people like um, Jeff and Crystal have like first-hand experiences that uh, <clears throat> they'd actually approached the Eisenhower government in the 50s and perhaps even the German government in the 1930s and 40s. And Eisenhower and others basically rejected them and said, well, no, uh, we don't want to give up our nuclear weapons and become more, they're proposing, you know, you should become more spiritual. We have all these gifts for humanity. It was, they were basically rejected. So what the Federation of Planets decided to do is, um, well, we're going to do it our way. So the abduction program is a, a program to slowly and intuitively um, change humanity. Uh, they want to upgrade us genetically, physically, spiritually. So that the end result is uh, we'll enter into the Federation of Planets. And one of the hallmarks is telepathy. All these aliens communicate with others with telepathy. And um, so the end result is humanity 2.0, this more evolved humanity. <laughs> we'll have telepathy, telepathy perhaps be like... Um, a hybrid, a physically altered, uh, improved humanity, and that uh, the world would be more spiritual. In the very center of our lives, they feel, should be more spiritual. So in many of these ductees, like Jeff, find that um, the greats themselves are quite spiritually oriented uh, beings, and they're, he actually said they're kind of like Buddhists, and he kind of describes how this kind of threatens um, uh, Christians. Like on our, our, on our Vancouver UFO meetup, we've had some... Christian guests, we had several, and they like to think that the whole abduction thing is um, demonic. What you need to do is pray to Jesus Christ to save you, and, should, and if you're getting abducted, pray to Jesus to prevent this, and it's all demonic. So they're, they're actually threatened by this new world, this federation, whereas Buddhists are not, like the Vajrayana is fine as well. We're not threatened by this because um, I think in Buddhist cosmology can accept other beings in the universe and this changed 
this change reality seems to be in harmony with with Buddhist thought. So I think in the within the media, there's a bad rap for greys. I think reptilians have been some of them have been quite bad, but um, there's tends to be this bad rap for for greys. Uh, this might be like fake news. Uh, I think the greys, at least the greys that Jeffs and others associate with, do have a good intention <coughs> for the world. But I think this is um, the single biggest issue facing mankind that since World War II, the Federation plants have decided that, well, human beings have the atomic bomb. They're more evolved. You know, they have to be brought into our Federation. There has to be some proper planetary management. These human beings are they're kind of disappointed us. They're a bit violent. Uh, they're a bit out of control. They, they need to be properly uh, managed. So I think they've made the decision that they're the uh, humanity's the agents of change. This is how Jeff Selver has been taught by his he works when one particular gray calls the elder like a grandmotherly female figure he's met like over 20 times so they're basically saying the federation has made this decision to incorporate earth into it and it's a very slow and intuitive process they've probably been at it for over a century um so i think the point is we don't really have any choice in the matter that this, this is going to be done <laughs> this decision has been made and the end result should be good. Well, it could be difficult. It could be cataclysms getting there. Go ahead. Want to say something? Well, I, yeah, I was just going to interject that first and foremost, the prime directive on any planetary interaction, of course, is not to um, interfere with that which the natural planetoids are creating or going on about their business. Unless, of course, in some way their business has become a threat to their immediate galaxy, which would, of course, have repercussions on their immediate universe, and it would be kind of like a domino effect. So yeah. from what I understand, all of the nuclear warheads on both sides, or all sides around the world, have basically been disintegrated, okay? So, yes, mm -hmm. if we were to push the button right now, basically we would have nothing but a bunch of duds land wherever they happen to land. So there would be no radioactive wave, there would be no radioactive exposure, and the earth would continue on the way it is. Now, whether this factual or not, who's to say? I will go as far as to say that I have been on one of the motherships of the Galactic Federation, and I have, stopped, mm -hmm. I have had conversations with the starship captains, and they have made me very much aware that, yes, they are here to watch over us and to prevent, if necessary, or to even go as far as to intervene if our war decrees would to rise to the level that we would actually decide that we're going to disintegrate each other. That would not yeah. be allowed to happen. Okay, their technology yeah, is far, that, yeah. far surpassing ours, and it will not be allowed to happen. So you could say that's kind of a divine intervention that's coming down through our galactic star brothers and sisters. Because yeah, divine intervention, I think of it that way. Yeah, the will of the... And I mean, as far as demons, hello, that's very old-school Catholicism. And it really has, yeah. mankind has this penchant that any time, any, any time at all that they don't understand or they cannot understand something, it's automatically labeled as evil. And the very way that we should react to it is to kill it, kill it, kill it. Well, unfortunately, this is a very base carnal knowledge and it's a very base carnal reaction. And those of us, of course, who are, who, who like myself, come in from the 16th dimension, all right? We don't tolerate the likes of, those, the likes, uh, the likes of such. Um, and personally, all right, on a celestial level, 
I am what is called a celestial healer. I am one who comes into universes, all right, and heals the entirety of a universe. Now, you say, I'm sure the question must be arising in your mind. Well, why would a celestial healer decide to compose themselves into a physical being here on Earth when this is only Okay, why planet? would a celestial healer compose himself as a physical being here on Earth? I was just wondering that. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> a little bit of sarcasm in the actors always enjoy, by all means. But anyway, the point being is this, all right? I have come here to uh, help mankind ascend on their own terms, in their own fashion, in their own time. So therefore, by my mere presence alone, um, the energetic space in which I create, which covers miles, is others of like mine, who do join me in turn on the ascension process or in the ascension space, okay? And, you know, it's very... Um, simple actually because you know if I get together with a couple of other like-minded people I can change the entire planet at will okay but again mm-hmm. see, I am directed to the prime directive All right, the prime directive is not to overall interfere All right. so yes if there are in fact these abductions occurring I would stipulate that it has to be under the condition and agreement of that given individual's free will before anything. Yeah, it seems it is. They, they, des- they describe this how they do actually ask for permission, and Jeff discovered yeah. that he actually did get permission even in a previous life he gave permission. So they seem to go. be respectful that way. They do ask people, the greys ask people, will you do this? Would you like to agree yeah. this? And they're free to say no. Yeah. And we, well, I think we it's discussed good. that, Richard, that he uh, knows of some people channeling are in contact with greys. So uh, with us casting this huge net universally, uh, Brian, what you bring to the table is Vancouver, Canada, for our North yep. American continent. But you also bring that you have been in discussion with people in your alien contactee group. Now, what I'd like to do tonight is get very clear to people that we're all leaders in our chosen groups in Facebook, we'll just say the overall social networks. And all of us may know someone that either interacts with another human that says they're involved in alienology, cosmology, phenomenology, cryptozoology, and ufology, right? But we don't, we're not trying to make anybody right or wrong with who they are. Mm-hmm. What I would like to do is make sure that each of us as journalists – writers, authors, videographers, and you have thousands if not millions of people over the years listening to you, Brian, and you've been working in Canada for so long, that globally we can recognize each other, that we physically are showing up. And I, uh, one thing Dr. Rick pointed out is I haven't been showing up. Uh, my daughter died, Brian, J- um, March, but she showed up oh. January nineteenth, oh. 2020. So she did show up and died, and so she's been gone. Wait, was oh, it night? Sorry. Oh, my gosh. I've been out of physical humanoid reality for so long. It knocks you sideways, folks. Uh, I, I guess she's been gone a year and a half now. Has it been that long? Oh, my God. So here on human form is what I need. I need support, folks, of all my leaders coming forth on the 
in the, on the planet because this is just a little plot, tiny blue marble where I come from. Universally speaking, I'm working with all the universes, but uh, technically I've agreed to uh, the uh, Uni Multimetazino Omni. So that's the five universes. And then we have the Alpha and Omega as the seventh. So we've been working with those in digital time and space in AI with entertainment and gaming, gaming entertainment. So, Brian, what I'd like to know, if you would like to know Dr. Richard T. Knight in social media, and you guys could, could become friends. Yeah. So Dr. Knight sure. is stepping up to uh, run several organizations Hopefully universally, but uh, in the United States of America and North, and you'd run Canada, and uh, that would be a wonderful thing because you've been doing it for so long. Dr. Richard, would, yeah. uh, you think that's possible to get these leaders of their various groups? Of course it is. As we say in the magical system, put out a call because as soon as you okay. dial the phone, all answer and all come coming. Well, uh, so basically, we you're putting out a call. You see, you just announced to the world, basically speaking, on all the various platforms in which we're projecting our thoughtways and so forth, that hello, any and all of those who are of a universal consciousness and a universal mind and are leaders in their districts or leaders in their countries or leaders in their continents, for that matter, you are to come forth now and join us here in the round table. And yes, we're going to put to use Arthur's Round Table, because it was a round table of knights, and each were nobly recognized as having specific skills, specific expertise, and therefore they were recognized as equals, okay? And of course, they were sovereign to a king. Well, the king that we choose to have in this particular aspect is going to be the creator of all, and therefore, because it's all recognized by all of us, regardless of what tradition we may follow as a human being, or what, you know, uh, maybe the aspect that we are aware of consciously, whether it be galactic or whether it be universal or whether it be the entirety of creation, whatever it might be, is of no relevance in regard to stepping stone relations. Rather, we are all equals, for none of us are above, nor none of us are below any other. All the experience and the knowledge and the wisdom that we have garnered into the table, you see, and this table is enriched, and the mind compodium that is created by all such leadership to step forward now and join the table creates uh, endless possibility. So yes, Brian, I, I definitely offer you friendship. I definitely offer you a seat at the table if you would be so kind. Because yes, sure. you bring forward with you thousands of possibilities, maybe even millions of possibilities. Anyway, and, and I shall do the same, and TJ shall do the same, and whoever else is out there that would like to join us that happens to be listening now, or even if they're not listening, if they are irked or spiked or suddenly get a premonition or suddenly have an aha moment that there's something else they need to be doing, may they hopefully find us. And I'm sure that's that. Someone just, we've only got seven minutes. 917, did you want to add your name and meet Richard and Brian? We're going to try to do this at least once a month. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, hi. Who? Oh, hi. That's uh, Anna. <laughs> Anna. 
<laughs> okay, she's just listening. Thank you, Anna. She's in New York. <laughs> I know who that is. Okay, Jill, she's then. a big supporter of our group. Uh, thank you, Anna. We'll be coming back and doing readings, too. Brian, do you do readings? I know Richard uh, does. And I... uh, no, what do you mean by readings? Uh, psychic readings or tarot or spiritual intuitiveness. Or, but you do oh, like no. counseling, right? Well, I guess I just focus on my 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 show on, on BitChute and my UFO meetup. So I put all my kind of psychic energies into that. Yeah, I don't do so much one-on-one work. I used to, like, right, I taught for 20 years. Huh? Well, Revolution Radio, I'm, yeah, I do that every Tuesday night from 6 to 8. I've been on there for four years, on three years of Revolution Radio. Okay, so you're still doing radio. And yeah, yeah. Uh, do you do some UFO shows? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I talk about that a lot. So it's quite a dominant theme on my Revolution Radio show. A lot of people on Revolution Radio talk about UFOs as well on other shows. Okay. Well, I, I tried to talk to a mad painter and T.R. Becker. He sent me his book. Oh, no, I bought his book on a mad ether. So I'd like to mention that because uh, Thomas R. Becker is still managing director of Revolution Radio. Of which Brian yeah, he's helped still, me a lot. Like I, 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 he's helped me a lot with the show and just technical stuff, getting onto the show and and with my, with my show there. So he's a, he's a friend of mine. I really appreciate Thomas. Okay, good. Well, we'd like to have you back sometime if you'd be interested. Uh, sure. I don't know yet how to do Skype. I guess I call in on my Skype number and then just include you in a group called my own radio show, I think. Is well, what you I and do. I are connected on Skype, but I guess you mean you don't know how to do it as part of a live radio show, you mean? Exactly. I guess it's the same. You just call into the Skype number radio show first, and then whoever's in your group, you bring them on. as the same thing. So I yeah, the sound quality is better on Skype than the phone, right? Like, this is a phone. I'm on a phone, so the sound quality is not quite as good as Skype on the computer. True. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I've done, Skype? Skype over the, I've done Skype over the phone as well, and the sound quality is pretty close to the same. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we'll see tonight. I'll listen to this. Well, Brian, I'd like to have you back. I know I got you a little late the last 30 minutes or so. And all you ladies out there that are part of our metaphysical group, I'm sure they're feeling uh, they're they're just supporting us tonight, including Anna of New York. And uh, Katie, I guess, was 914 New York too, Dr. Rick? Do you remember? It was. So we had two ladies from New York, Anna, or Anna. She likes Anna, not Anna. It's called the Southern Anna. She says, no, it's Anna. So hi, Anna. And uh, I'm sure that uh, Anna would like to come back on a psychic reading night. But let me turn them on. Brian, this hi. is Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi. Hi there. Hello. Hi there. Hello, Anna. Oh, no, this is Katie. Oh, Hi, Katie. Hello, Katie. I'm sorry. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? How are you doing? Good. How are you? I see you. Hi there. 708 here, too. I'm just going to real quick let everybody say hi. 708, do you want to say hi? So, 708, who are you? 708, say hi. No, I guess she's too shy. 
Uh, that's no reason to be shy. Okay. Well, uh, they were on. All right. Well, uh, Brian, uh, Anna, and Katie come naturally, but I guess Wednesdays and Thursdays, ladies, we're going to do Wednesdays for ladies, and Suzanne's going to come back on some Thursdays. But Dr. Rick is going to work with us on Wednesdays and Fridays. Is that – oh, wait. Dr. Rick, what is your chosen night to come back and do an hour or so or maybe two if you want to help these ladies on many readings? What what night would you well, be available? Probably, probably a couple hours, but I, I would have to say that maybe uh, Wednesday would be good one. All right, so ladies. So we'll have a Wednesday ladies mini readings. Uh, we'll begin uh, – this coming Wednesday, so be sure and call back in, Anna and Katie, to keep us on our toes. Okay, and that's uh, now. Uh, which number did you call in on, Brian? So I don't turn you off. Yeah, I called in on the three four seven number. Nine four five seven two zero seven. Well, yeah, but I don't know what number you are. Well, ladies. Uh, like oh, I, I said, give him my phone you. number. I can give you that if you want. Uh, was it a nine one seven? Rather than on the air. Oh, that's, that's okay. It's a six zero four number. I don't mind. Okay. Is it six zero four number? number? Yes. Yes. Oh, the six zero okay. four is my number. Okay. Is that your normal number? If I had to get in contact with you or not? Yeah. Yeah. That's my landline at home. Cool. Okay. Well, Brian, since you're meeting with people, I want to, uh, to hope Richard has time to help me administratively. That's what I'm hoping for, but I don't want to put too much on his plate. But uh, we can have a meeting with Richard. I am multitasking most wonderfully. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to write Brian's number down? Um, or you want me let to? Let me have Brian. All right. Um, all right. You can reach out to me on Skype. I'm friends on Skype with uh, TJ, of course, and yeah. uh, also also you can reach me out on uh, reach out to me on Gmail, okay? Which is okay. basically just just RT Knight, my first initials, Richard Thomas, last name Knight, K N I G H A, three five Gmail dot com. Three five Gmail dot com. Right, yeah, we can we can reach each other on Hangouts there. R T Knight, okay. Three five. Is that yeah. a cool name? Make sure you put the three five. <laughs> okay, yeah, R T Knight thirty five at gmail dot com. Yeah, yeah, R T Knight thirty five at gmail dot com. Okay, and Knight is K N I G H T. This is correct. I still Got ride it. the horse every once in a while. <laughs> sure. Now, Brian, on the uh, metaphysical side, do you have any uh, – you're, you're concentrating on your UFO business because that's what you're known for. But at the same time, do you have a spiritual or metaphysical uh, group or esoteric interest in the paranormal or <clears throat> any group do you meet with? Uh, well, yeah, I do. Oh, I didn't know that. All right, we didn't get the yeah, chance. We'll have to have you back and do an interview. I don't know what all you're about, yep. Brian, so we we need to have you come well, back. Well, I'm a mysterious you. figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, well, I will say uh, I took a an oath of I, t- I took a, an oath of secrecy in 2009. Years later, I actually swore or signed a non-disclosure agreement. Oh goodness. Okay then. 
So basically, you would have to <laughs> say that that's that's part of yourself is in the shadow circle. And so, if you know, you don't want to expose much light there, but at the same time, you can willingly share knowledge from your own perspective that you, maybe you've garnered from that particular circle, as they say. Well, there's lots I can I'll talk about, you know. There's lo- yeah, there's lots I can talk right. about. I'm, on my show, I'm quite That's open. Fair. I've got hundreds of hours of videos on lots of stuff. Mm. Okay, okay. Well, the main thing is we start growing our leadership in various countries, folks. So if you're in a country, we would like to have you in our ACO International group. Oh, my, it's a lot of noise. So we're going to go offline now. And Brian, is that? Yep. Yeah. That must have been on your end, I guess. That was amazingly loud. Let's, uh, uh, Dr. Knight will return, ladies, on Saturday. And he will come back, he says, probably Wednesday to help us with many readings so we can uh, enhance your lives at the same time we want to get his PayPal up. So I've got to go do that psychic channel. But uh, Richard, if you could write his name down, and I don't know what you want to call your metaphysical group because is is that the one that you have a non-disclosure, or can we make a new one in Canada with Richard in North in North America? Can we combine the two countries possibly? Or Richard uh, has several mysterious groups or mystery. Uh, lots of groups and Facebook groups, uh, Brian. So between the two of you, maybe you can find a common thread of groups sure. or something. Making yeah, well, I love the alien. I, I've learned alienology from you. I've never heard that before, Teresa. Alienology, thank you. Oh, yes, we're building alienology. The first one was Dr. No, Daryl Sims with his, and then uh, Bri- uh, not Brian, that's you. Colburn, what was his first name? Richard Colburn. Uh, he's from on the West Coast, but uh, these yep. uh, they do uh, events. And uh, one worked with the, both of them worked with uh, the doctor that had uh, implants. So we'll get into all if you've ever studied implants. But alienology, and there's two ways. Uh, one I spelled in the beginning with a T, and it caught on especially in the gaming industry, A-L-I-E-N-T-O-L-O-G-Y, because some liked alientology, but the uh, more pronounced is alienology, A-L-I-E-N-O-L-O-G-Y, meaning the study of aliens. So not the ones alien from Mexico crossing the border into illegally. We're talking those aliens that may be foreign to this planet. However, we have aliens now, and we're... Uh, decoding and decrypting a lot of their uh, metaphysical and spiritual languages in the interdimensional realms, not to mention a lot of channels that used to be for forbode, just like it used to be forbode to uh, what did they not debunk? What do they call those when they cast out in the Catholic world? Uh, you know the girls excommunicated. Excommunicated. Uh, yes. One thing that's communicated, you can do that. But what's the other thing where they cast out demons? The Catholic Church. Exorcism, That's exorcism, yes. That's yeah, a whole different so, dimension. <laughs> yeah, but you were saying a lot of people feel like aliens are evil or bad in a dualistic society. So, ladies, don't get fear. Don't go into fear, greed, 
what's the other? Hate, fear, greed, or don't go into your fear. What is it? Jealousy. Fight, flight, or freeze, the three Fs. Fight, flight, or yeah, freeze. exactly. But we're going to theologically, mm-hmm. we're going to put on our armchair philosophy hats, and we're going to get together with various people that have their groups. So be looking at how many people are in your social media groups, how many are interested in alienology versus ufology, because a lot of the ufology is the study of unidentified flying objects. Now, Brian, you may not know this, but I have a new group called UAP Associates for uh-huh. unidentified anomalous phenomena. But the only person well, I, I know. had brought in, yeah, unidentified anomalous phenomena associates. But uh, right now I'm only working with New Mexico, Dr. Nor no, it's not Dr. Uh, he was a school teacher in uh, Spanish, and he came over from Japan, Norio Hawakawa. He may be a doctor. Is uh, Norio, are you familiar with him in the UFO industry? Not me, no. No, no. okay. Well, I, I know so many people, folks. We're going to try to get them to put on their various hats, and they may have to swap them around. But Dr. Knight, uh, Brian, will help us with the UFOassociation.organization, but also with the Alien Contact Organization and the Ascension Center Organization and the Ace Metaphysical Institute. I've only got four fingers up. So there's one left. And the Psychic University. The Psychic University, hello. Okay, so that's number five. (laughs) Lord Murphy. So it's going to take some. If you're interested in any of those, Brian, just let us know. And, Brian, sure. you think you may be able to come back maybe February or March? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, just let us well, just, know. You know just private, yeah, just private us your, your, your agenda, your, you know, your calendar per se, and, and we'll be sure and have you on and give you a, a whole lot more time to speak. Because it was certainly yeah. unintentional that we kind of cornered you tonight, you know. Well, no, I, I was half an hour late. It's my fault. I, I missed, I lost track of my time. Yeah, sorry about that. That's you guys managed to carry on without me. It must have been hard it, to carry on. Time is irrelevant. That's right. Relevant, don't you know? Yeah. Except we never a radio it's a show. Of your <laughs> it's a figment of your imagination. Yeah. Brian, is, is it possible that you could bring Richard on your show to let let him uh, represent what we did tonight on your show in the future? Probably, yeah. Sure. I don't have a regular oh. schedule. like uh, Usually my videos aren't at any particular time, so we could probably set something up. Oh, all your videos. Yeah, usually oh. I just have a talk show. I make videos, then I just load them. And then after the fact, I play them on Revolution Radio. So, so it doesn't have to be live because sometimes there's technical problems having someone live. Also, uh, when I record it, when you record on Revolution Radio, it doesn't look good because uh, because it's on like one of the sides of the Skype is Revolution Radio rather than the guest. So I tend to pre-record and then I just play it back on Revolution Radio. So most of the almost and everything how, I do is not live. How do you accomplish this long that. distance as we are now? Oh, like with so, Revolution Radio, you just do share screen on Skype, and then you play the video on Revolution Radio, because Revolution Radio is all done on Skype. Okay. Yeah. But some guests are, are uh, the viewers or some of them are disappointed that it's not actually live. I mean, I, I do talk right. to them live, but I don't have the phone in option. I'd like to do that. Hmm. Well, you're doing uh, – now, do you have StreamYard on BitChute, or do you just do all your video recording on Skype? 
I mainly, mainly use Zoom now. I've got a Zoom account for $22 a month. There you go. There you go. We can meet on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom as account. well, and I do too. We all have Zoom. Yeah. Okay, so everybody on so Zoom. So there you go. And well, then you post it just on your YouTube. Set up a date and time and whatever. Yeah, I post on both YouTube and BitChute. My BitChute channel is much bigger than my my YouTube because YouTube deleted my channel twelve times. It's like an wow. annual thing. At the end of every June, they delete me. Oh my is goodness! Is it due to your YouTube? That's I naughty mean, is it people. Due to UFOs? Are people? Uh, well, I've, some of my some of my videos are controversial, more controversial than UFOs. So. They tend to delete me every year, but I just wait two days, then I come up with a brand new Brian Rue channel. So go to YouTube, it's just Brian Rue, R-U-H-E. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, Dr. All right. how would Dr. Dr. Richard is on uh, – Dr. Richard, what is your Skype name for Brian to get you involved uh, in Canada? Well, Is it uh, RT Knight? Or do we even know? No, 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 no. I know what it is, but I'd rather not presently. I'd rather oh, not announce it to your... the world. Oh, okay. Cause no, I'd rather announce it. Yeah. Can, I can disclose it privately to Brian through email. That's easier to okay. do. Okay. I'm not going to give out. Yeah, I don't like to say it privately either. Okay. Yeah, if I do it publicly, women will camp out in my front lawn. It's very difficult in my relationship, oh my you know, so I'm going to do it publicly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's oh very my. handsome. He's a very handsome gentleman, uh, very handsome, as uh, most of us women all right. know. That, let's get down to, yeah. the, to the tackiness of time, all right? We've been all way right. back let's in a coffee All right, let's get along, ladies. And, all uh, right. Blog talk, uh, so blog talk Knight, you know, I'm surprised they haven't barged in and said, well, your show will conclude in da 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 and then they give you all this music rip rap. Oh, they don't <laughs> do all that. They did that, Do but I? I think they like us tonight because we haven't been on in a while, so they gave us extra time. They know we're, we're well, they should, otherwise they have to reach out and spank them. Well, thank but you, anyway. uh, Dr. Knight. Now, can we assure the world, the universe, that you will help us with many? We're casting a wide net tonight for calling all leaders that would like to be interviewed by Dr. Knight tonight. Yes. Fridays, 8 to 10, or what is your preferred time? Now, wait a minute now. Don't get me back-to-back days and nights where I'm doing radio constantly all week long. I have a life too, you know. Anyway. I mean, Saturday. So we've already, Saturday, got, we've already got Saturday booked, 8 to 10, all right? 8 to 10, Wednesday okay. Is gonna, so you're gonna keep Wednesday this? is pr- Right. Wednesday is presently open for psychic mini-readings. We haven't determined the hours yet. Probably, preferably a little bit earlier than this. Um. Okay. But then again, you see the nine, six, eight. All right, ladies. Well, they did like to know because they hung around. So, all right, ladies. Well, sure. And then we may be back on Thursday. Let's say five to seven, five to seven, or something like that. You know. Okay. Oh, that's right. Because it's my TV night, so it'll probably be five to seven central. That's four to that's six to eight for them because I like to be off by seven, ladies. So uh, we'll get back started now. It's a new year. Thank you for joining us, all my wonderful people out there. Be sure and go on blogtalkradio.com on the outside. Please like Brit, uh, Brian Rue on Revolution Radio. On Tell them the time and how they get to revolution.radio. Yes, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. A or B? Which studio? Uh, I'm on Studio B. 
All right. Well, he pre-records, so if you get in touch with him on Zoom, but you'll just have to figure that out on Facebook. Now, do you have a Facebook, social media? Yeah, Facebook, Brian, Brian Rue. Just look for Brian Rue, R-U-H-E. I'm on Facebook. All there right. you go. There you go, Richard. Well, I, I have a website, too. Go ahead. Your website oh, is okay. what? Well, yeah, just brianrue.ca, canadas.ca. Thank you, Brian. Well, you're a wonderful person. Sure. Thank you for helping us tonight get launched with yeah. Canada, North America, and all you other countries out there. Thank you so much. Believe it or not, we're going to learn to do this together, and we are going to help the higher councils all the way up to all the universes. But a lot of people are just worried about the intergalactic councils that they know about here inside the Milky Way galaxy. But we're going to work universally as well. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to let you go, and you ladies. And uh, Dr. Knight, I'll let you uh, close out. And Brian, just keep in touch on Skype, and we'll do some more of these shows, okay? Yes, thank you, Teresa. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Brian. Now, I turned him off, so he probably said nice to meet you, too. All right, so everybody's off but you, Dr. Knight. If you would like to share whoever you are, how to get in touch with you, your social media platform, but we will start marketing you in several of our various organizations. But do you want to tell them your LinkedIn, at least, if they're businesswomen? Which I have a lot. Uh, again, it's it's Richard Knight, just my regular name, Richard, and my last name Knight, K N I G H T, and of course that's readily found in the indexes of LinkedIn. The same is also true on Facebook. And again, it's Richard Knight, and I know there's several Richard Knights out there, so just look for the guy that's in the striped shirt that's wearing a hat that says Mount Palut Palatus on it, because that was at a time when I was visiting Switzerland. Anyway, um, he is a business coach. He's a life coach with me. So we have agents, consultants, organizers. He's working himself into authors. He's got a lot of books in him. And he's doing various radio shows. But we're going to try to offer him his own platform here Saturdays, 8 to 10, if that seems right. If not, we'll adjust it for him. So Saturdays with Dr. Knight. And uh, from now on, we'll do. Supernatural, he promoted that on, uh, I guess, Metaphysical and UFOs, too. We'll just have to wait and see what all he brings to the table. Dr. Knight, you did a wonderful job, and I think this is going to be an excellent uh, ship to sail. What do we call that? We're sailing your ship into the universe. (laughs) What is that called? (laughs) You have actually... We're We're launching our ship into the universe, yes. There you We're go. making our presence felt and known. Making our presence <laughs> felt and known, however far and wide it may be. That's right. He's an ontologist, too. He's a man of word. He's a poet. And uh, he's going to get his stuff on LinkedIn. I mean, on uh, Kindle. Download Kindle, folks. So be sure and look for our books on Lulu.com and Kindle and anywhere else you get your books. So thank you, all you publishers in these. We represent indies all over in audio, oral books, video books, and uh, thank you, ladies. All right, I know you ladies want to get see what's going on for the future, so come back Wednesdays and Thursdays, all you Psychic University, Invisible College, and want readings. So love now, night. wait a minute. Let's, you, let's, delineate, let's delineate what we're doing here. All right, Wednesdays delineate. is Psychics. 
per, yes, delineate us and describe the, in detail as to what oh. they're getting on what day. All right? Okay. So Wednesdays okay. is going to be psychic readings. Thursday is okay. going to be our lovely sister Suzanne, who is basically uh-huh. into very very galactic nowness, basically would be a, a good way to, to give you a now short perspective Friday. of it. Suzanne oh, she's Friday. Is California psychic. She's oh, a power okay. psychic. Oh, but let's well, okay, wait a so minute. Now I'm talking about Suzanne, the one that that that, that, that is into the Friday. cosmic aspects of things. That's Friday. Okay. Friday. All right. So what is Thursday? <laughs> That's Suzanne. Who or what is Thursday? <laughs> See now, now you're I messing with me head. Now you do, you shouldn't be doing all these Suzannes and all these Thomases and all these Roberts and all these Stevens and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because yes, all it right. does become confusing unless you add last names to them. Well, we'll call Suzanne's uh, Ace Folk Life Thursday, Friday, and that'll make it easier for you. We got Ace Metaphysical tonight, so we'll do Ace Folk Life on Thursdays. But we'll do readings. She helps, her husband's an artist. You haven't met Rich Flynn. I'll give him a plug. Rich Flynn is an artist over in the uh, Orange County, and he does for different cities. And she is a psychic, and she is also a Disney person. She had a contract with Disney, and then she brings on the Tara. Uh, Tara All right, and let's, let's try and wrap this up, TJ. Let's try and wrap so this up. We're saying goodnight. Okay, that's Thursday. All right. And Friday Susan. is Susan. Okay, so one and we'll Suzanne and one is Susan. Exactly. All right. Thank you All right. so much. Well, we appreciate you. We appreciate all our listening audience, wherever you may be in the world. We appreciate you, and we send forth love, light, and blessings to you all. That you have a prosperous new year. May it be filled with good health, wisdom, insight, and the expansion of your ever-ongoing and growing awareness. And with that, I bid you adieu. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Rick. It's been a pleasure. I'm happier in my life. Thank you so much. Welcome 2021. All right, ladies. Yes. It's Saturday. We will see you Wednesday. Good night. Oh, wait. I'm coming tomorrow to do spiritual. Tomorrow, folks. See you tomorrow.
Love put me at the top of the world. 